Welcome to the Young Money Podcast, where Eddie Young Rice interviews young entrepreneurs, hustlers, and innovators to get a first-hand view into the exciting future and the people who will lead us there. Kobe, it's it's great having you on the show. Um, uh, I guess for the audience, great to be here, Ted. Yeah. Um, kind of just what I've been doing before has been just kind of introing, you know, my guests to everybody, but, um, I'll do a quick, quick bio of you, you know, from my end. Um, but yeah, we've Kobe Palavatical, good friend of mine, uh, classmate, uh, from Stanford, um, who has been, who's now at USC film school has been really interested in the VR AR space as well as virtual production and entertainment and, and, and media. And, um, yeah, we were excited to have him on here to kind of discuss different topics and hear what he's been up to. Great. Yeah. It's, it's great to be on the show, Ted. Amazing. Uh, where are you right? Where are you located right now? Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in San Francisco right now. Um, but only for a week and then I'm moving to New York. Oh, wow. Congrats. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be exciting. It'd be nice, you know, nice change of pace. I always wanted to be there and, you know, COVID and all that kind of makes sense to kind of like move over there, but we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, where are you at right now? I'm in LA. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I moved here, uh, like two years ago now and I'm, I'm really loving it here. I, I think I'll probably be here for a while. Yeah. We'll see mixed people say some people really like it here. Some people really don't like it here. Um, yeah. I think, I think for me, it makes sense, uh, just because of, uh, the like type of, uh, work I'm trying to get into involving like you know computer graphics in the entertainment industry yeah um and because of that it's you know i think it's pretty good to be in la plus i i actually like it you know a lot of people have a lot of complaints um you know regarding certain things like traffic and uh pollution and that kind of thing and i don't know you know those things haven't gotten to me yet so yeah. we'll see we'll see if they do yeah, no, that's great. And I, and I feel like, you know, especially with industry that you're getting into, I mean, in USC, you know, you're there for school and um, even after, I feel like it's like the, the best place to be for entertainment and like innovation in that area. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm like jaded because of the Bay Area, but I feel like SoCal is way, way cooler, and way, a lot more fun than, than Northern California. And there's like a lot of cool stuff to do there. It's really fun. Yeah, that, that's, that's been something that's been crazy. It's just like, I mean, I'm from Phoenix originally, so, you know, the Bay Area was always free. L.A. is even a little cold for my liking. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I'm huddled up next to my space here at all times. I'm like a little reptile, just like. Cold-blooded. Uh, yeah, cold-blooded, always in need of warmth. And so that's nice, you know, like, there's the, like, you definitely can't, like, going to the beach, I feel like, in the Bay Area is, like, great with the wetsuit but yeah it's not it's not really the, the beach i mean I'm, yeah i'm from florida so i feel like the beach here is literally just the definition of a beach where like the land meets the ocean but it's not yeah. Really a beach. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's 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 not quite as as frigid uh down here so i'm i'm liking that aspect of it amazing yeah no i mean i'm i'm excited for you i feel like it's like a school area I definitely want to i want to visit more once you know maybe the summer next year i want to go to la let me know. Um, yeah, no, for sure. So I guess like, um, yeah, I'd love to 
um, get a quick background on yourself, Kobe, you know, um, hear a little bit about, you know, what you're working on now, what you're studying, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, so some background on me. Um, uh, as I said, I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I met Teddy, or I met you, <laughs> when uh, I was, uh, you know, a freshman at Stanford. Um, there, I, you know, I studied philosophy, minored in film and media studies, and kind of that was it was kind of like the tail end that I kind of was like, all right, I'm I'm actually like super excited by uh like storytelling and image making mm -hmm. and i was like all right i want to i want to start doing this i and i started kind of experimenting with uh like 3d program or not 3d programs as much but more like uh like kind of 2d animation programs uh after effects like in the tail end of my like college career uh after kind of making the decision that I, I really wanted to do some like, uh, you know, pursue my like art, art, art inclinations. And so I really started focusing on that and, you know, then got pretty involved in, in, in using 3D programs um, uh, the year after graduation and like senior year, um, you know, and learning about, uh, you know, like being at Stanford inevitably, like, I feel like everyone gets excited like gets into some kind of tech <laughs> yeah and the tech that uh i happened to find pretty cool uh that or that really caught my attention you know there wasn't a lot like it, it, a lot of the like tech things weren't really as appealing to me like they, they didn't really like grasp me in the same way that uh like video game engines did yeah where I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. This is like, um, it's a lot more, it's it's like, you know, using technology. I've always liked technology, but I'm like very visual person. And so like, you know, writing code and all that stuff wasn't really something that I uh, was able to like, that really picked up, I, I really picked up quickly, but I knew I still want to do something. So I, I, I do love tech. And so uh, yeah, video game engines. I, uh, I started, you know, kind of learning about them and uh, building stuff in Unity. Um, and now I'm, I've kind of shifted more towards using Unreal Engine. And uh, the re and and yeah, I started studying animation at USC, moved down to LA, and since then I've been, you know, continuing to work in this technology to make animated content, um, which I think is pretty fun. It's just like a it's like a unconventional way of doing it. And so mm -hmm. uh, in the, in the sense that it's just not the way that they've done it before, you mm -hmm. know, like previously animation, 3d animation is made, was made with like, you know, uh, kind of Pixar, you, you look at the way they do it and they were kind of at the cutting edge for a really long time by just kind of being like, okay, we can make animated content using, the, these like you know 3d tools uh and uh the, the, that was really cool but it was it, it's 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 the type of uh you know technology moves really fast and mm -hmm. what pixar uh was able to do with like the early cg movies that they made uh computer graphic movies that they made like toy story back in 95 yeah um which involved basically like you know 
looking at a not very complete version of what the image is going to look like and then basically like putting that into a black box and outputting uh you know something beautiful like days later you know what i mean so so it was yeah and that's interesting that um all right super cool i'm I'm excited to have you on here to like learn more about this because i like i know it tangentially but so yeah i mean i like watch the pixar documentary from my knowledge like it's interesting you bring them up that like technology is like what moves things forward and they were kind of like they they obviously had really creative people and all that but at the at its core is they had this new technology that they were applying to entertainment which hadn't been done before i guess can you like ex- explain a little bit more of like what 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 were they doing differently you know or what was like that technology that was like um because you know from my knowledge is like they were they were they were helping i mean animation obviously back in the day was like flipping you know pages right and mm-hmm. like the yeah. mouse days like what were they doing that like that was like their you know their secret sauce like what was like the technology that they were doing yeah that's 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 super cool question like pixar did a lot of things really they just like did a lot of things right you know they uh they had this that you know pixar was kind of founded out of industrial light and magic which was uh you know george lucas's uh visual effects company that he started to you know help him work on star wars and you know it was kind of like the computer graphics division that came out of that and uh uh, I was, I got this cat over here who's going crazy. I'm sorry about that, but um, uh, I just fed him. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, the computer graphics division that kind of formed out of uh, ILM, you know, uh, Steve Jobs really believed in it. And, you know, he yeah. put a bunch of funding in it. And a lot of people knew that, like, this could be something big. Yeah. And basically, and... Um, uh, who was it? Ed Catmull. Um, uh, you should, he has this really, really good book called Creativity Inc. He's, mm-hmm. he's one of the, you know, uh, people who was kind of leading the charge in, uh, in pushing ray tracing and, uh, ray tracing, I would say, uh, and like 3d programs, uh, and like using ray tracing, uh, and if, if uh, should I go like kind of into detail about what ray tracing is or, yeah, or sure. yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, um, uh, basically if you think, think, think about like, uh, like a, a three, 3d world represented on a, uh, on like a graphics card, like a, a, a 3d world, basically what it's doing is it like, it, 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 it kind of allows it it, it, it it can process this like enormous amount of data by you know feeding by ray tracing like this pre-exist this this scene that you design on a computer interface mm-hmm. uh, essentially to create like a beautiful image and it, it's like a very long process like our tedious computational process yeah that was kind of computers finally got powerful enough to handle Interesting. kind of at when Pixar, you know, set out with this goal of with, with Ed Catmull and, you know, John Lasseter and all those people, when they set out with this goal of creating a movie mm-hmm. using, uh, you know, a 3d technology, you know, they've been using computers for, uh, 
like assisting with elements of 2D animation for a long time, but 3D animation was really kind of this like novel, novel phenomenon um, that again uh, was kind of uh, allowed to happen because of the uh, uh, invention of the simultaneous invention of like uh, a variety of technology, like hardware becoming powerful enough yeah. to uh, to rent to rate to to do ray tracing on uh, on these three D uh, sequences yeah. or images images basically and um, uh, essentially uh, and there was that and then there was you know uh, Autodesk Maya which was you know born born from you know these like three D modeling softwares. Uh, oh, it wasn't originally Autodesk Maya. And again, I, I don't know how great my history is here. Uh, you know, I'm doing my best, but no, fine. Yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, what happened is a lot of tech came out. Some really smart people were like, let's use this tech uh, to create 3D animated movies, which is a much, you know, it's like a way nicer process than like 2D animation, which is yeah, you know, yeah. drawing each frame. And, and was that a big risk though? I mean, I feel like, you know, there's that saying in Hollywood, like if you want to, you know, if you want to make a million dollars in Hollywood, you start with 10 million. Like basically most movies don't make that much money. And it's like, it's like, you know, venture capital, it's like startups, yeah. most don't do that well. Was that a big bet to like, even though it was cool technology, but like put that technology into like movies when like the ROI may or may not have been, been there? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm it was like a huge risk, like, cause no, no one, no one. Okay. A lot of people weren't sure if this was like possible, if it was going to look good. Yeah. You know? The fact that like the reason that I think 3d animation is as popular as it is today is because toy story looked good, you know? Yeah. If it didn't like who, I mean, who know like who knows where 3d animation would be right now. Um, yeah. But it looked good. And, um, you know, and then, you know, what happened after that is Disney got involved. They were like, we want to start, you know, distributing these films. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually they, they bought Pixar. Yeah. Eventually they, sh they sh basically were like, we're not making any more 2D content at our animation studio. We should just make it all in 3D, hmm. you know, and 3D animation kind of became as popular as it is now. Yeah. It got, super widely implemented in live action filmmaking and visual effects hmm. because of the way that you know you can blend the real world and 3d worlds it just like really took over not fully took over but like i would say like 50 percent took over the entertainment industry interesting and what I would argue now is with real-time technology, that's like the next kind of step Yeah. where in my opinion, which is a controversial opinion, yeah. it's going to take over a, a, a lot more than, you know, a, a lot, a lot, a lot larger yeah. uh, percentage of the entertainment industry is going is because of this tech is going to exist. And 50% earlier was way too generous. Like, 3D animation, you know, you'll find it in, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you a good number, a good percentage of the amount of, you know, contemporary content that's output that uses it. But for VFX, for animation, it's just like, 
it's really common and it's just going to get more and more common because of the fact that now uh because of video game engines we can do ray trace we can more we can almost do ray tracing in real time interesting no there's a lot there i want to unpack one 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 uh, side note that i want to mention is that i think it's like pretty cool i mean i'm a big you know advocate for um private innovation but but at the same time i mean i I'm aware of it and, and actually, you know, it happens this way where you usually have governments or, or big bodies that can fund, you know, who, who can put the money into like fund the, the investment in these new technologies. So like, I think what's kind of interesting, you know, I'm from Orlando, Florida. It's a kind of like people, it goes very much under the rug. And I'm sure you're aware of this, but most people are not. Is that like Disney, for instance, Disney like has a shit ton of money from, you know, carnivals or they're not carnivals from their amusement parks, from their, you know, cruise lines, from their online entertainment, from their movies, all that stuff. And they have all this cash and they put it into um, a lot of technologies that we don't, we don't accredit them uh, so much with, for instance, animation is a great example, but another one's like robotics. Like they have all these like robotic technologies and breakthroughs that they do at their parks with like animatronics and things like that that people don't give them as much credit for and they have enough money to kind of invest in that and move forward. So I think that's really interesting, but yeah, I'd lo- love to hear about um, uh, like this next phase. So you talked about video game engines and like another example, you know, video game industry gaming makes a ton of money. And so they probably have a lot of money to like fuel this innovation and there's ROI because people spend money. So you kind of need that. You need that feedback loop. No one's going to put money into something that doesn't generate money eventually. Um, and it needs to be more than what you put in. But yeah, what is this new technology with real-time tracing? And like, I've seen a lot of this stuff of like the, the, the suits and avatar and, you know, people like, I don't know that much about it. I can, but yeah, what is this new wave that we're in right now? And, and, yeah. and, why, and why is it here? You know, why, why did it come? That, so that's such a great question, Teddy. Um, it's like, it's, it's, you know, what gets me up in the morning is what's where, where, where we are right now, because it happens to be at like, in my opinion, like the most exciting time in, 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 you know, it's like the actualization, I, in my opinion, of like computer graphics has finally arrived for a number of reasons. Uh, reason number one, uh, advances in hardware, um, you know, probably mostly because of like NVIDIA and AMD, uh-huh. things like gra- uh, graphics cards makers, yeah. they've been, you know, making really, badass graphics cards and now computers uh are able to you know run all of the simultaneous equations necessary to instantly render complex scenes and simulations right yeah so that that's number one that's reason number one um number two the video game industry Hmm. which is probably what's accelerated in a lot of ways, the uh, the progress that these graphics cards manufacturers have have made, and the fact that this industry has made a ton of money, yeah. um, and uh, one of the biggest uh, you know distributors, of video games, creators of video games is Epic Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the past, I read somewhere in the past few years they made nine billion dollars off of. Fortnite, which is one of the wow. games that they made and let me tell like as as something basically epic games created a long time ago the unreal engine which is the engine that it uses to create a lot of its video games 
Oh, and Epic Games made Unreal Engine? Yes. So Unreal Engine is the the video game engine that um yeah, Epic Games owns. Because because I don't know them, I've heard of, heard of them before. So they built that internally for themselves to make their own content and make games, but they also outsource it and let other people it's open source to build on top of that too. Yeah, so anyone anyone can use Unreal Engine. Um you just need a PC with enough power to, to run the program and you yeah. can start building stuff in unreal. And, uh, this is what happened is unreal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I know why they did it, but they were like, okay, we made a bunch of money, um, you know, building, uh, you know, making these successful video games. Let's, and people immediately started to realize that also this engine is, really good for filmmaking hmm. and what they've done what they've done since then is they've been like actually why don't we just make uh put a bunch of money that we've made into creating the greatest filmmaking tool ever made wow. <laughs> i don't know if I, I those are my words not yeah, yeah, their yeah. words but that's what it that's in what in my opinion what unreal engine is it's it, the greatest it, filmmaking it, it, tool. it's kind of like an amazon play where like amazon makes most of their money from AWS and like, you know, helping companies run their servers. Yeah. And, and like, and, and so it seems like, cause it's fun. So, you know, I was, was an advertising Facebook for a little bit and the, the like highest grossing vertical was gaming and like people don't realize how much money games make. Yeah. And, and we could talk about the future of like ready player one and people getting into games and maybe kind of taking over their lives in a second and later, but um, there's a lot of money in gaming. And so it's kind of like, seems like Epic Games utilize the cash cow of like their games to not just reinvest in more games, but to reinvest in like a technology that's separate. That's almost like their AWS. And so they can like, actually it's a better long-term play where they're building like a core piece of infrastructure that can be used across gaming and filmmaking, which is really, really cool to hear beyond just like, cause I feel like with games, it's like, it's like startups, right? Like most, some games will win, other games won't. If they catch on, it takes a lot of time, but they were smart in building like infrastructure because like that's going to be needed by everybody. Totally. Yeah. And I should specify a little bit. Uh, if you look at Unreal Engine, it's, and real-time technology in general, the entertainment industry is one of many industries that are, you know, benefiting from and using this tech, right? There's obviously, and the entertainment industry and like creating animated and live action content yeah. That's like the specific area that I'm interested in. But there's also, as we said, the video game industry, there's VR, there's AR, yeah. there's, um, you know, automotive industry is using it for all the, for, you know, self-driving car simulations and like mm -hmm. all this stuff. Like there's many different use cases for Unreal Engine. However, one area that they've excelled is in creating an incredible filmmaking tool, which is called the sequencer. Um, and the capabilities of it are basically really, really, really well built for building 3D animated content really, really, really efficiently. That's super cool. And, and, and this real time, like, what, what, what's the term? In the, I mean, you sent me, so this is all called virtual production. It's kind of like the, like the, the lingo in the industry. Like what's this like new technology called or is there? Yeah. Virtual tech. Okay. So um, 
let if we go if we go overall if we look at real time yeah. real time as like a as like one large industry right yeah virtual production is the area of the real time industry that i the subcategory of the okay. real time industry that i'm interested in if you look at the real time industry that involves uh that's like all video games mm-hmm. right uh which is you know an area of real time that i honestly don't really touch anymore um uh it's it's less 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 my like wheelhouse sure. um but it's like you know there's these game engines unity um and unity is is being made for a ton of video is being used for a ton of video and games how do unity and unreal engine compare are they they compete or because i've i've heard of unity for like vr stuff but like what like what's the difference between the two yeah gr- uh really good question so unity is one video game engine it was you know started at um i, I it, they they recently ipo they're, they're like a they're a huge company as just like epic games yeah uh, they're they're based out of san francisco um and i would say the where unity got really gained a lot of um market share in the real-time industry space yeah. is because of how well it works with mobile games Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially for like the iPhone or the iPad or, um, you know, also making VR and AR experiences. Yeah. That's the other thing. Epic games and Apple don't get along super well. So if you see, if you see video games for like the iOS store, those are pretty often created in unity. That, that's super interesting. Cause like, before this talk, I associated Epic Games just with Fortnite. I had no clue that they built Unreal Engine and were doing more infrastructure. And like, so now that makes them way, and this whole conflict with Apple is even more interesting too. Cause like, you could look at it as like a simple thing of, um, of the app store is a monopoly, you know, you to pay a fee to get through. But if you look at it as like more dynamic where Apple's probably gonna, I don't know. I mean, is Apple gonna build their own Unreal Engine like, version or i mean apple's getting into ar vr i mean like it's hardware and all that so i wonder so like that relationship becomes even more complicated because it's not just like if they lose they can't have fortnite the game on their app store but they actually get um the relationship goes further with you know unreal engine because that, that's that's super interesting that so the reason that i actually think this court case going on is like really important and um you know, significant in this world is right. Like what is actually the actualization of real-time technology is probably what you were talking about earlier, the metaverse. And what is the best current candidate for the foundation of the metaverse? The answer to that I would say is unreal engine. Interesting. Um, In my opinion, and that's, I think that's Epic game. Tim Sweeney is the CEO of Epic games. I think he's gone out and said that many times that they want, the foundation they want metaverse to be the, the metaverse uh you know the ready player one to be powered of, by them to be powered by unreal engine and let me tell you yeah like it's there like they can do it they, it's there like it's fully um, capable and, of doing and, that. and and is that's super cool and i i mean yeah it's uh, super interesting i mean like uh theoretically so is unity so yeah. is unity. so so, so they're, they're both competitors and i guess the question's like are they okay being the software or are they going to want to be the full stack and be the software and the hardware? Cause I could see Apple come in and be the hardware play and they integrate with, with um, unreal engine. Mm-hmm. And then also you have, you know, Snapchat, you have Facebook, you know, 
And does Facebook have its own Unreal Engine that they like, like their developer kit and like, is that separate or are they, are they still building on the, so basically I guess the question there is like, that what's that dynamic look like right now? Like, does, is there a distinction between real time software and then like the hardware or they, or is there one company trying to do all of it? Cause if Apple's trying to do all of it, then that's interesting. Cause they might be like, screw Epic games. We're going to do everything in house. So we, you know, it becomes more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't think not, at least to my knowledge, to my knowledge, you know, there really aren't any game engines out there that are, you know, competing with Unreal or Unity okay. that effectively. Uh, if I if Apple really wanted to do it, I'm sure they could. If Facebook really wanted, to, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the way it is now and my predictions, and again, I'm just someone who really likes real-time technology and uses it for a specific purpose. Yeah. However, if I were to you know, it, like take that knowledge that I, I do have and like extrapolate on what the future of, of, you know, the metaverse is going to be, which again, I, you know, think is happening, right. You have come, you have the hardware companies, right. And those hardware companies are going to, are, you know, Apple, Facebook, Oculus, right. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Oculus, you know, Mike, uh, you know, because Apple in theory is going to make some glasses that are going to, you know. Isn't that, isn't that interesting though? Like, sorry to interject, but like, like I I always used to be confused by this, but like, it makes kind of like more and more sense that like, why did Microsoft, you know, who did Excel and Microsoft Word and like, you know, software for businesses get into gaming? And it's like kind of like this weird, and it kind of like goes back to the whole idea of like, you have cash and you like can do different things, but also like you're going to put money into like technology that has multiple use cases. So it's almost like software has like a lot of use cases, like in gaming and gaming makes a lot of money. So it's interesting that like, and also owning the hardware, owning, you know, Apple get owning the the iPhone is massive because now they you know, they have the app store and now they, you know, it's same with Google getting to the browser game, you know, it's another like distribution channel in a way, but it's interesting how like Facebook is getting into gaming with and getting into VR and they want to be the hardware play, how Apple has been doing that. Like that relationship between, I guess, like software, like consumer software and gaming, I feel like is very cohesive and people like, don't like look at those as being like very related. Yeah. So I agree. I think where it gets pretty, okay. So um, I would, I would make one further distinction that I think is important within, I would say within the world of real time, gaming is merely a subcategory, just like filmmaking, right? It's a really big subcategory. Like it's the bulk of the pie, but real time, the reason I think companies like Microsoft and you know, Facebook are interested in, so we're interested in real time is because gaming is actually just a subcomponent of real time. And in reality, real time is in theory, the future of how we interact with technology. It's like the new interface for like any piece of software. It's like, exactly. the way you, yeah. Because in theory, if VR and AR become mainstream and popular, yeah, we're going to be you know, our, our, our conversations over zoom are going to start taking place in real time, uh, yeah. you know, engines, yeah. uh, in like, 
And, you know, the way we browse the internet will be like a VR, AR experience that that's powered by real-time graphics, right? Real-time visual, visual ways of us uh, conceptualizing all this data that's out there. So, and is there, interesting, yeah. And, and is there like a distinction between NVIDIA, like kind of like the hardware and the software? So like the process, so like Unreal Engine still uses NVIDIA chips and pro, like they still use their hardware, but they have their software is what makes them different or they also do hardware. So there's, a, again, the, the reason that this is so crazy is, or what's happening right now is just because of how many different stars had to align, right? So NVIDIA yeah. is, the, those chips uh, are honestly mostly just important for people who want to play really high-powered video games, um, you know, like, you know, Fortnite, and then also people who want to develop on the Unreal Engine. And a bunch of other stuff, you know, obviously, but like in, in the world of real time, but you can't fit an NVIDIA graphics card into a, an Oculus headset or a, uh, you know, or a Snapchat's new AR glasses. Like you can't put yeah. an NVIDIA graphics card. So there's other graph players also, you know, Qualcomm, yeah. I think is, is the, the company that's leading the way in building really small graphics cards that you can fit into VR headsets and into AR headsets. But yeah, the technology that NVIDIA and the other players in the graphics, like, you know, software players in the graphics industry. Um, so like, yeah, the companies that are pushing this forward, right, are the hardware manufacturers that are going to be building VR and AR headsets and, uh, you know, like Facebook, Apple, Snapchat, yeah. uh, whoever. Um, you know, Magic Leap and Real. There's all these. There's all these teams. Yeah. Then there's the the cards that are powering that that software, which is you know like Nvidia, AMD, who power, and then Qualcomm, um, who 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 actually power that hardware and are like, all right, now this this is why the hardware is actually capable of running complex yeah. computer graphics. And then you have the applications, the apps that are going to be hosted on this hardware and those are built on top of video game engines like unreal and unity and so yeah if you go to the oculus store for example or you want to buy uh download some ar applications chances are the vr a or ar applications or even a video game that you download for your computer that's like a multiplayer experience that yeah. you know puts you into the quote-unquote metaverse yeah is going to be uh built on unreal or unity cool yeah no it's thanks for like walking through that i feel like you know going you know being in the bay area i've heard of these companies but i don't really know the relationship that well and like it's cool to hear that like the difference between the like nvidia the hardware to the like micro to the to the graphics cards to like the processors i guess the real-time processors of the engines yeah yeah um and then i guess a whole nother a whole nother piece which maybe it's like more complicated i don't know if it's like if it fits in is like 5g or i don't know if that mm. that fits in here super but, super important actually yeah because right that's and i guess yeah ex, 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 you know explain further why that's why that is an important piece well again uh well the reason that this has taken so long is just because of how much data 
Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's what goes back to our conversation about Pixar and Toy Story. Like yeah. they're doing really computationally complex things. Like 3d graphics is not an easy thing for a computer to do. Yeah. It's a lot of data. Um, and so if you want real time technology to take place in like the cloud so that you can experience, you know, VR and AR experiences on the go, like throughout the world in an AR headset, yeah. you're going to need to be able to move a lot of data really quickly. And the only, the only that, that will, will only really work with 5g, I think. Wow. Based on what I've heard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's like, everything's kind of fitting in together. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, it is interesting that um, I realize like a lot of new, like new technologies take investment and you need investment from something that makes a lot of money. And a lot of times it's the adult industry. And then, <laughs> it's, like, and then it's like gaming. I mean, honestly, it's like, I, I, like, I like realize all this stuff, like just, you know, working in like consumer and like, you know, all, you know, different stuff, stuff I've worked on and just like, you know, read about. And like, you need those like cash cows to fund new technology which then is like a step function increase that mm-hmm. then begins a whole new revolution but it's going to start with like adult and gaming i feel like yeah right that like you know because there's enough money to fund it and, and like it's a worthwhile investment i hear that that's a lot of people say like that that's why they buy that a lot of people are buying oculuses because of the access to adult vr content that's crazy i mean and, and it, you know sex sells and if you can't you can't, if you can't sell something with sex, then it won't work for everything else. That's kind of what I've realized. Like, like, that's like, like the easiest thing to sell, right? If it doesn't work for that, it's not going to work for selling toothbrushes, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's where the money will come. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, no, that's, that's, it's crazy. I mean, um, yeah, Kobe, I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. How did you, I remember when we were at Stanford and I was like interested, you know, high level, I think it's still really, really cool. And I want to like, you know, kind of be a part of it, but maybe later, but how did you go from VR to kind of more virtual production? Cause I know obviously they're linked, mm-hmm. but like, I remember you were really big into VR and AR and I'm sure yeah. you still are, but how did you kind of, why did you kind of shift a little bit? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm, I still really love VR and AR. I think they're really cool. And they're, you know, both intricately involved in yeah. virtual production in the sense that like, you know, like like you know i you still use you still still use your oculus to um to like help to like uh like help you frame shots and that's like a cool application of uh vr that a lot of filmmakers are using yeah um and i mean so ultimately what it was i think what got me i you know i'd also always been really into movies like i love movies and i love tv shows and so i was like oh actually toby's office yeah yeah exactly like i was like wow this is literally so you know vr and ar is really cool but you know we're not there yet it hasn't they haven't gotten super mainstream and um like it's like i realized i also it was really interesting to learn about that technology and i'm still super interested and so curious to see like what happens with the future of it yeah but for me i i was like oh i really want to like take this and like start making stuff with it now you know yeah. like um I, I and i feel like that's super super insightful to hear from you because like you're you're in it you're doing it and that's something that i hear a lot and even kind of like reason why i didn't want to like get into i thought i think vr era is dope but 
it's kind of just the timeline. And yeah. so it's almost, it's almost like, I, I love how you like you're saying this earlier that um, it's almost like virtual production is kind of like how the application currently. And then like the next evolution of it is like the VR AR, which is going to take time, but you're going along the right path, the same path and being able to like work on it now and then get into it later. Like, I think that's like a, it's like a natural evolution because people are, people always say VR air is coming and it's like next decade, next decade. And I'm sure it's going to be soon, but like in the immediate time, you don't want to be like in a lab or, you know, coding or researching something you want to be building right now. What can you build on? And it sounds like virtual production is extremely interesting and new. And that's kind of like the, like the baby of VR and AR that'll come. Yeah. Totally. It's like what you can do with virtual production is you can, you know, build a, a VR, you know, world just like you can with a video game, but you can actually turn it into a video that is consumable now that people can say. Consumable right. now on like social media, video streaming and not needed by like some heavy hardware that everyone needs to buy for $200. Yes, exactly. And that, and then that being said, and then let's say that people want VR videos because people don't really care. Like, yeah. VR videos aren't that much cooler. Um, <laughs> and, you know, not that many people have VR headsets. So it's like, who even cares? But like, as soon as you want to turn your virtual production into a VR project for whatever reason, it's just like a couple clicks, you know? Cool. Okay. <laughs> just a couple clicks to say, all right, like render this scene out in, yeah. in, in virtual reality. Or it's kind of like 3D. So I remember 3D was, was like, there was like this big, I don't even remember this. So like, there's this big rave, like with 3D TVs, like maybe when we were in high school. And, yeah. and then I remember them saying, I think it's the same thing with VR, um, but like they used d- different cameras that had the capability for both on film shoots or whatever. And maybe it's the same thing with VR that like now the, the, the production has the capability for both. And so like, that's interesting to just like turn it on um, and enable it. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think for people who are super entrepreneurial, you know, maybe like, like, you know, like you, for example, those are, uh, I think a lot of people are now like starting, uh, or have for a while been like, all right, we're going to work in this space and like build some stuff that's going to be relevant many years down the line. And I, I know a lot of people who are doing that and enjoying it. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, they probably won't see any payoffs for, they'll see big payoffs once, you know, Apple releases an AR headset or something. And yeah. suddenly everyone wants, you know, uh, immersive content. Yeah. But until then, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like uh, you're, you're, you know, I don't know, buying Bitcoin with, to using, using Bitcoin to buy pizzas. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's cool. I mean, it's so I, I have this one question. I feel like people, you know, like the artists, people like, and I, I know you made some content like this too. And I kind of realized that maybe like two years ago, I started seeing it. And maybe this is like the real time stuff, the really like photorealistic creations and stuff mm-hmm. that people have been doing. Is that like from Unreal? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that, uh, so the stuff that you see that's like on a whole nother level now. Yeah. Like say, I, I, there's been this shift recently where it's like, now I see content. It's like, like people's a good example, like photorealistic, like very intricate. And it seems like it's being like, you know, produced really fast. Yeah. So I wouldn't, so a lot of that that you'll see is 
the product of like re- like powerful renderers okay um and like using ray tracing that kind of stuff probably isn't yet possible in real time i i give it another one year before honestly like one to two years before you can get photo real like photo real real time rendering yeah um and you know as soon as you can do that and again the, the reason it's so computationally complex like, I, I don't know how much i talked about this earlier it's like you the computer literally has to take the whole scene and be like okay at this individual pixel like what does the reflection, what is the like mathematical, you know, product of all of the different lights reflecting off of this particular like substance? It's complex. It's super complex. Yeah. But, you know, as graphics cards continue to get more and more powerful, you know, I think we'll be able to get photorealistic, you know, real-time ray tracing in real time. And at that point, that's going to be crazy because, you know, you'll take like a video game and it's going to look completely real. I mean, we're, we're getting closer. I feel like every time there's like, you know, Call of Duty or any of these games, like it's getting like eerily close. Yeah. And like, that's a good like segue. Like, you know, ob- you know, what's that thing? The Uncanny Valley. Right? Yeah. Like, when are we going to hit that point where, because I remember I asked you like a week ago, I was just like, I've been thinking about this for a while. Um that like advertising is another really big cash cow industry that you make a lot of money in. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, one example is like, I feel like a really, really good use case is like, there's all these like BS, you know, TV commercials and like, you know, all stayed and like whatever. And, and like, I, we did like a little mini commercial for flutter and all that. We kind of went through the process and we was like, you know, we, we got it cheaply, but there's a lot of costs involved in, mm-hmm. in production shoots. You need a studio, you need, you know, a camera guy, multiple camera guys. You need like, you know, a whole like you know you need actors you need talent you know so many costs associated and i'm wondering like like why aren't commercials just animations like instead of getting some random actor and you know actress off the street or whatever to do a quick gig like to to push like a new soap you know why can't you just like automate that and do that like online quickly like we're gonna i don't know like I, i know i asked you about that like is that going to happen soon? I feel, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit more candid and controversial here um, okay. with my opinion on the matter because I, I have some pretty uh, specific opinions on this exact subject. Opinion number one, we just crossed the uncanny valley with the release of, with Unreal releasing their metahumans. So Epic Games recently released this program called MetaHumans, which is essentially uh, like a way to build photorealistic humans and then import them directly into Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that was like, you know, that that's like the beginning of, all right, we, we're crossing the Uncanny Valley. That happened like a few weeks ago. <laughs> wow. It's called MetaHumans? Yeah. Unreal, uh, Unreal MetaHumans. You can look it up. It's, it's crazy. It, it's like... like- it looks like a it looks like a real person like it looks like a real person and anyone can just access it download it put it in their unreal file and then well, motion capture facial animation you've got like a photorealistic human that you can do whatever you want with you know that's crazy so that is what and then okay that's not my controversial opinion yeah. my controversial opinion comes is 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 this 
the need for real people yeah to and and physical cameras is dwindling that's that's what i was kind of getting at that like at what point do we not need to pay brad pitt you know 10 million to be in a, a movie when you can just animate it and it's not even brad pitt it's a it's a fake new celebrity that's just a virtual celebrity yeah so right now so okay that that, that comes to a question of like right like you know people want to see brad pitt though you know yeah, like yeah. so it's like all right that's one thing but like could we in theory replace live actors with non-live actors that people like just as much you know now that we're past the uncanny valley in theory yeah i think so i think so and i think that if uh you know i i as someone who's you know i haven't done that much live action filmmaking but i hate doing it. like it's so unbelievably stressful yeah. for me to like be on set you're there all day the weather conditions might not be exactly what you want. Yeah, yeah. Actors are tired. They get hungry. They, you know, don't want to be like doing take after take after take. Like it's live action filmmaking is not fun. Whereas if you have this person, I mean, it's fun. It's sure. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's less fun than just like being able to have complete and utter control over these like, you know, subjects yeah. that, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anything better to do. They're literally digital humans, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, you can, and, you know, like you don't have to risk people's lives to do stunts. Yeah. You don't have to like gather hundreds of people to like be extras on a shoot. Um, you don't need to like shut down the streets of downtown LA to get, you know, a, some footage that looks like, you know, you're in a city, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like that that's crazy. And I like, I mean, it's technology one-on-one, right? You know, things are getting cheaper, faster and more and better. Like at what point will people like be able to make movies and like everyday? Per so I have a friend who, um, he, he said this to me, it's, it's like pretty interesting. He's like, you know, Instagram, he's really into music and he's like, Instagram made it so everyone could be a photographer. And he's yeah. like, at a certain point, it'll be, there'll be a tool where everyone can be a musician. Um, and it's getting there. Like, I mean, you know, like all Drake is a great example. Drake's like very fabricated where he's got the right brand and image, but he's got a whole team of people behind him who produce the music to be perfect, to get a certain sound. And like, it's becoming more of a science. And so it's almost like when, when does that happen, happen for, for movie creation where like, obviously it wouldn't be everybody, but it'd be like people who, are creative but just don't have the money to like rent out and do all these things that can make start making indie movies that yeah. look insane yeah see i in my opinion i think in five to ten years anyone like I, it doesn't matter you'll be able to anyone will be able they'll someone will build some program on top of unreal that's even easier than unreal to use yeah. and you can import your characters and import your animations and import your audio and you can make anyone can make any film about anything on nothing but their computer. Um, yeah. I, I bet that's five to 10 years away. Um, like, 
And I think that's a good thing. You know, I think, yeah. you know, the fact that now anyone is going to any like people, not just people who, you know, have Hollywood connections are going to be able to make, you know, content are going to be able to tell their stories. That's like a great thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. It's, it's, it's an interesting point. It's a little scary for people who are like, you know, I mean, especially people who work in that industry, if you're a camera guy or FX, or if you are an actor, I mean, it's like, that's why I, I brought up the, the, the idea of like commercials and ads. Cause I, I was, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I was an advertiser for a little bit, like, like what's the true ROI on getting like, you know, a prof- I mean, I guess if you get like a celebrity to be in, in a commercial, you know, they can promote it and celebrity endorsement. That's, I guess that, that is valuable, but like, some random actor and some like, you know, ad spot, like that's a huge expense for a company and you're going to spit out 10 ads a a year or like more. So why not automate that? But it is sad for that whole industry of people who, you know, who rely on that work, but I'm sure just like anything else, there'll be new work for them to do. Yeah, of course. You know, like, it's not like the need for actors is going away. You still need people to voice these characters. You still need, you know, capture like movements you still need a lot of stuff from the actors but um and yeah, do, you, do you still need motion capture because i know like how does motion motion capture relate to like this real-time thing it's like will there be a, you said there'll be a point where you just need a computer you don't need the real ca- real-time capture but i you know i've seen like behind the scenes you know of like avatar and all these other movies and they always have real characters and that's how they get really realistic facial expressions and all that like how much is that needed right now and when will that not be needed um i think right now we use it because um you know that's just the way that it's been done and it it works and people have existing pipelines with needs and deadlines but you should look there 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 are so the reason why it's so fun to work in the computer graphics industry is because there's just like so many smart people make like hacking together these incredible tools that they yeah. that are just open source. Uh, so if you look at like Nvidia Omniverse, like you know motion cap, like we, we're we're not going to need these crazy motion capture suits for very long. Like there's uh, there's different options for if you want to do motion capture, you can just take a video of yourself and uh, some AI will spit out a three D model of that action, right? Oh. Um, facial animation, like even for my projects, which I consider, I would like to consider high end. Yeah. I just shoot by putting my iPhone uh, or just uh, the, the depth sensor on the front camera of my iPhone just captures my entire face and creates a 3d model from it. Is so, that how you did like Ron Roach? Yes. Yes. Um, so all of this, also, by the way, great film. And like the fact that that was for a class, like, Think about that. Like that was like like ten years ago, twenty years. That would be like a, a Pixar. That'd be like a movie, you know. Like I, like there's so much attention to detail and quality. Like it's it's a testament to your creativity and talent, and then also just the technology that's enabling that, which is nuts. It's mostly a testament to that technology, because <laughs> because literally, like I was able to do all like render that entire film in real time because of wow. unity i use unity for that one um but now I, now i use unreal but yeah like the 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 way that you can produce something like that is that going to be accessible to anyone who wants to like it already is if you want to sit down and learn this if you want to sit down and learn unreal engine you could make 
a film about anything mm-hmm. using nothing but a computer. And I think anyone could do that. Um, uh, anyone who wanted to do that could could do that. Um, and I think it's going to just keep getting easier and easier and easier. So I, what that means for, you know, content, like, yeah. does there even need to be that much content out there? Like, there's so much content. Like, so much. Um, so there's only gonna be more and more, but I guess it'll be better content. Ideally, ideally. And like, you know, more diverse content too, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. Like a, a larger variety of stories, I think is, 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 is a good thing. And hopefully the best ones will kind of percolate to the top and, you know, get seen by everyone. Yeah. I, I like how you, you keep using the, the phrase storytelling and that's like what it is. Right. I think we kind of like forget that's like the core. Yeah. That's like, yeah. it's like the you know very core human thing around the yeah. camp or like the fire or whatever <laughs> true um, that's that's why we're doing all this stuff i guess isn't it you know yeah yeah tell stories um last question and and thanks again kobe this has been awesome um oh, it's been so fun ted no yeah doubt. what's what's one like fear you have from all of this technology and the way we're going yeah yeah good question um i think uh all right the obvious thing like uh the obvious thing that you know i think you touched on a little earlier is like right if like this digital world that we're building is going to be so great are people just going to live in it fully um you know because that's essentially what the real-time revolution is kind of what i call it like we're in the midst of the real-time revolution where you know uh, and what does that mean? It means we're at a time now that any any piece, any any gra- any image is capable of being created, you know, like right in front of your eyes in in that moment. Um, like, uh, I don't know if that was the best way of, of putting it. Maybe maybe let me try again. Uh, it, it, the real-time revolution where, uh, you know, computer graphics uh, and the real world can, you know, exist seamlessly with one another, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, like, what's the potential problem with that is, uh, I mean, we hear a, a enough about, like, the potentially problematic nature of uh, of a digital existence. Uh, and that I don't, you know, I don't, I, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not that worried about it because, um, I don't think that for me, I spend a lot of time on my computer now, um, yeah. a lot more time than I did prior to like getting involved in this space i don't think it has made me less happy um Mm -hmm. that being said you know i feel you know being i feel like i'm kind of being creative um as opposed to simply just consuming content i do consume a ton of content um but i think there's a good balance but for pete though the fear of people who just exist in the digital world solely consuming content um and what implications that's going to have for society. I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. I'm more worried about people not being immersed in digital content and going out and killing each other. Um, so that, 
it's, it, it'll bring more peace then it's like you're being in a virtual world i think i don't know if it'll bring more peace but i don't i don't i i i imagine that you know it's something that we were like okay let's be work let's be wary of yeah. and then it's gonna happen and you know suddenly everyone has phones you know what i mean like it's a shift like that suddenly everyone has phones and everyone's like oh these phones are doing all these terrible things but you know they're also doing all these other things you yeah. know so with, with every new technology shift people always complain and get afraid i mean yeah. it's crazy like it's cliche but um the newspapers of like oh people aren't gonna like there's like a photo of people like reading newspapers in like a, a train or something <laughs> but but even is this is actually the, the, the wilder one there was like there there was um quotes around people being afraid of having their kids read books yeah 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 all these crazy ideas that these kids are now going to be able to access like terrible it's yeah and, and, and the fact that they weren't outside playing it's like crazy you know like so yeah, that, that's good to hear from you. And like, um, I actually, one other quick thing. Someone told me recently, I, I wasn't aware of this, that with VR, if you do VR for too long, it causes like brain damage or like, I, like it can cause like, obviously you take it off, you feel dizzy. Mal- like degeneration or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, that's a weird thing too, is like, you know, your parents grew up telling you not to sit too close to the TV and now you're putting a TV an inch and a half or like a centimeter from yeah, your yeah. eyes. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how good that is. Um, True. I wear blue light glasses when I'm like on the computer for all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I can't imagine though that it's any worse than, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how bad it is. You know, like if these GPUs get too hot, which they do, and suddenly you have this like hot machine to like a couple inches from your brain. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I, 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 my, so, you know, at that point, like, right. The responsibility there kind of falls on the hardware manufacturers yeah. to not like release like Facebook to not like release products that, are going to give people like brain cancer or something, but, um, I can't, it, it, that's, that, that's something I'm scared about actually, because it's like, all right, they're not going to realize that these things cause brain cancer if they do until, you know, people have already been using it for a while. So that's something I'm a little worried about for sure. Yeah. It's like those giant phones against, against their head and they got like, like, yeah, brain cancer from like the, with the radiation or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that would suck. <laughs> so that's another fear, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I personally don't want to spend my entire life in VR. Like I, there are certain things that I would, I'm like, all right, I, I personally would rather go to concerts in VR. You know, yeah. it's a little nicer. I like VR concerts. I would rather, I don't know. There aren't too many things that I would, prefer to do in vr but i you know a lot of like and all these basketball games and stuff that are mm-hmm. you know you know you know you should, it's like you can just attend all this stuff in vr as opposed to you know driving across town yeah i, I even think the social part is kind of cool i mean <clears throat> like i've been playing like Warzone more and kind of more more to just hang with friends and like in this roblox all these companies that are demonstrating this with younger people that's like a social interactive experience like it's kind of fun like put on your headset and you're like talking, you're in a group of people and you're all like doing something together. 
and you're all in different locations. So I think that's like a cool aspect of um, maybe not just VR, but just, you know, um, this technology people, people, I think, I think just like your phone can, can enable you to like talk to someone across the world. Like the next phase is like not just speaking, but you're like actually interacting in more ways. So I think that's cool. The question is that kind of emerges there is like, what is the nature of that connection? How does, how does that connection compare to a real life connection? Um, and the aspiration with VR is actually like, right. In theory, like, like zoom is great. Like I feel most of the time that zoom conversations are almost as effective as real life ones. Um, is there something missing? Maybe, um, do you get additional data from like having a VR hologram talking to you? Probably even slightly even more data than you would get. So um, maybe it can nurture remote connections a little bit, which I, at that point, then it's like, all right, now we're into one of the like really nice components of, of this technology where it's really not a bad thing. Like FaceTime, Think about how many people like during COVID yeah. were able to like talk to dying relatives because of FaceTime. It's like, it's true. You know, say what you want about phones, but that's like kind of nice. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even like I'm from Florida. I mean, you're from Arizona. Like, uh, like it's kind of nuts to think about that. Like, let's say, you and I, you know, we went to Stanford and like, we're, or, you know, we're out here in, the, in a different city. It would be like, weeks or months and you'd have to like travel on horseback or in like buggy like go back and like communicate or like you know mail that would take you know like weeks to arrive so it is that that's a crazy thing too i mean obviously there's planes and all that but like you can communicate right away so um and there's it's good it's good and it's bad you know like ideas can spread super fast this way which is like really good but maybe bad you know too many ideas and maybe if those ideas are messed up you know yeah yeah. regardless we are entering an increasingly digitized world yeah and in what what, how is that going to take place in my opinion is because of this real-time revolution for better for worse in my opinion more for better hopefully i hope i hope yeah and i hope to you know, try to be a part of yeah. the course that's making it good. No, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, once again, excited. I'm, thanks again for being on this. And like, I'm, I'm excited for you. Cause it's like, this is such a cool industry and space and you've been passionate about it. And it's kind of like literally the perfect intersection of everything you, you like. Yeah. And so it's I'm, cool to have you as a friend in the space. And like, I'll keep, ca- we'll keep catching up and like hear how things are going. Cause it's, it is really, really interesting. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of a crazy thought. What if like, I wasn't actually talking to you like right now, like, you know, this is just like a, um, AI representation of you that looks, you know, hyper-realistic and like (laughs) crazy shit like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, we could all, we could be doing that. And I mean, and in theory, right. Like we could be in a room together, right? Like, yeah, yeah we wouldn't be on a 2d screen. Like, will that, is that like, what is missing? What is, what is, how, how much are you really missing in a situation like that, as opposed to not being in person? It's like an yeah. interesting philosophical question. Yeah. Even with like, that reminded me like this, stuff, like we, we know a lot of people do consulting, you know, especially out of college. 
and this whole remote work thing, like remote work works, but, but like, I'm actually super interested to see what happens because remote work works, right. You can work remotely. You can, you can kind of, you can be productive, you know, working like, you know, not together or whatever. Consulting is interesting because they, if they pride themselves on being in person and like, it's, you know, you travel to like your client's, you know, office or whatever you like, you work from there. So like, I was wondering, I'm wondering what happens now when we go back to work? Well, I feel like I could go either two ways. You could go either companies be like, Hey, let's cut costs and let's just do like video chat and not have to send our whole team out to like Cleveland to, you know, from New York or whatever, or it'll be the opposite where, where consulting will actually lean in more to me in person because they want to provide value and it's all about service. And even though they can do the job over the internet, they want to, they pride themselves on being more hands-on and they actually, you know, send people to go to the, to the, to the, to onsite or whatever. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Like I'm, I'm actually like very curious to see what, you know, what happens that with consulting, because that's a really good example because it's all about the in-person, you know, like client service and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I think it'll, it'll depend on how these, uh, these actual applications take, take shape. You know, I've seen some not so compelling examples of what people think. And I've seen some, I think, you know, if you look at Microsoft, Microsoft's been doing a lot of this stuff because, you know, they're so focused on enterprise software, their HoloLens that they, you know, have a lot of, you know, pretty good proof of concepts of, you know, volumetric video scanning holograms that, you know, people can communicate like they did with Star Wars. Yeah. At that, like at that point, you know, like I, you know, consultants should probably be embracing that because it costs a lot of money to travel, to send your consultants across the country every like week, you know, (laughs) put them up in hotels. (laughs) Like if they're, if, if, if consulting companies are, you know, trying to optimize the bottom line or whatever, then, then it's like pretty foolish to not be taking advantage of this tech if it actually is effective. It's true. That's a good point. Awesome, man. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I want to have more of these, you know, like I told you, um, yeah, I'm excited to to, take where, so where are these podcasts going to be hosted? Yes. I mean, so um, yeah, so I'm using anchor.fm super e- part of me wanted just to just try this is to see what it was like. Like I even like made a Shopify store for fun. Just like, what's the process? Like how easy is it to do these things? And like, I mean, I know you had a podcast and you did a really cool animation with it and you post it on YouTube. I mean, yeah, bring it back. I'm bringing it back. Perfect. Stay tuned, Stay tuned for Kobe's brain. It's a podcast. It. We'll get um, you Ted. Yeah, no, and um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, it's anchor.fm, and it just does distribution to, like, Spotify and Apple for you. Um, so I'm doing it there, and, like, my, yeah, I was, like, the big realization was, like, um, there's a lot of people out there. I'm, like, in between projects I'm working on right now, and, like, I'm, you know, moving to New York soon and all that, but I have a lot of interesting friends, and, like, more than anything, I'm realizing, like, to be, su- be successful people a lot of times aren't the smarter ones or like they're the people who understand how to like grow their brand while they're doing things. So I don't want to just be the fluffy guy who just does like this, whatever, or like does posts on LinkedIn and does stupid shit like that. But I'm aware of the fact that if you are building things and you're like pr- creating and you also have your own brand, now you have your own platform and then you can use that in so many different ways. So I, w- I would say even for you, like become a thought leader on the space 
um, and, and, or, in, or just you in general. Um, so I'm like realizing that I want to try, I think audio is like it's something I'm comfortable with. I don't, I'm not going to do TikTok, you know? Um, and so like, yeah, I'm going to see where this goes, but it's, it's, this is what I enjoy doing anyway. I like talking to my friends and talking about cool topics and like learning about new tech and all that. So I might as well like leverage that. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Excellent. Yeah. Ted, hey, Ted, it was a, it was a real pleasure to be on your show. I'm excited to, to see the product. Yeah.